welcome to Baptist Perspective with Jimmy Barber. Whether you're listening while driving home from work, sitting with a hot cup of coffee, or making dinner, we hope this podcast will be thought-provoking and edifying. Now, here with today's episode is Jimmy Barber. In our previous podcast, we introduced, defined, and began studying somewhat the subject of predestination as it relates to the salvation of God. We ended that study considering Romans 8, 29, and 30. For whom he did foreknow, he also did predestinate to be conformed to the image of his Son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. Moreover, whom he did predestinate, them he also called. And whom he called, them he also justified, and whom he justified, them he also glorified. We showed from the scriptures that the phrase, for whom he did foreknow, refers to a special people that God loved from everlasting, and that this special people corresponds to the elect or sheep of God. From previous studies, we have noted that Jesus said that he gave his life for the sheep. In fact, Jesus plainly said, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd giveth his life for the sheep, John 10, 11. Therefore, those that the Father loved in eternity are the ones he marked out or predestinated to be conformed to the image of his Son. The salvation of men was not an afterthought on the part of God after the fall of man. It was marked out, predestinated, before the world began. Much could be said regarding all that is involved in this confirmation to the image of the Son of God, but time would not allow us to discuss that at this time. Needless to say, the salvation of God is not something left up to the will and actions of man. It was predestinated by God before the world was, and it was given to those whom God loved. In fact, a case could be made for those in the phrase, elect according to the foreknowledge of God the Father in 1 Peter 1, 2, that the foreknowledge in that place is also referring to the love of God. Verse 30 of Romans 8 further enlarges on this predestination of those whom God foreknew or called. It clearly declares that those predestinated by God are called, justified, and glorified. The Greek word for called is used in many ways throughout the New Testament, and the English word called is identified particularly two ways with regard to the call of the gospel and the internal call by the Holy Spirit in regeneration. Such examples of this is found in Matthew 20:16. So the last shall be first, and the first last, for many be called, but few chosen. And in Matthew 22:14, for many are called, but few are chosen. Concerning Matthew 20 and verse 16, note the closing comments from Matthew's Henry's whole Bible commentary. This is applied to the Jews. It was then. It is true still. Many are called with a common call that are not chosen with a saving choice. 
all that are chosen from eternity are effectually called in the fullness of time, Romans 8.30, so that in making our effectual calling sure, we make sure our election, 2 Peter 1.10. But it is not so as to the outward call. Many are called and yet refuse, Proverbs 1.24. Nay, as they are called to God, so they go from him, Hosea 11.2 and 7. By which it appears that they were not chosen for the election will obtain, 11, Romans 11.7. Note there are but few chosen Christians in comparison with the many that are only called Christians. It therefore highly concerns us to build our hope for heaven upon the rock of an eternal choice and not upon the sand of external call. And we should fear lest we be found but seeming Christians, and so should really come short, nay, lest we be found blemished Christians, and so should seem to come short, Hebrews 4.1. And then, regarding uh, Henry's comment for Matthew 22.14, he gave the following. The parable is concluded with that remarkable saying which we had before, Matthew 20.16, many are called but few are chosen. Of the many that are called to the wedding feast, if you set aside all those as unchosen that make light of it and avowedly prefer other things before it, then you will set aside all that make a profession of religion. But the temper of those spirits and the tenor of those conversations are a constant contradiction to it. If you set aside all the profane and all the hypocritical, you will find that they are few, very few, that are chosen. Many call to the wedding feast, but few chosen to the wedding garment, that is, to salvation by sanctification of the Spirit. This is the straight gate and narrow way which few find. End of quote. Therefore, the call in Romans 8.30 must likewise be a unique calling that God gives to some and not to others. As we previously stated, it clearly declares that those predestinated by God are called, justified, and glorified. It should likewise be clear that this calling does not include each and every person that ever lives on earth because if so, then each and every individual equally would be justified and glorified. Since the Scriptures do not teach that everyone will be uh, justified and glorified, then the calling must be limited to those that are justified and glorified, that is, to the saved. To further identify the call, we will bring our attention to another passage where this Greek word is used. In chapter 9 of Romans, we find this word used three times in verses 7, 11, and 24. From these passages and in their context, 
It is obvious that the call is limited specifically to those under the blessing of God that are called unto salvation. In verse 7, it is stated that not everyone who is a descendant of Abraham are children of the promise. The children of promise are those called of the seed of Isaac. Paul further elucidates the sovereignty of God in election or calling some unto salvation by the example of God exhibiting his love on Jacob and bypassing his twin brother Esau. Clearly, verse 11 states, Election unto salvation is not of works, but of God that calls specific individuals unto salvation. That is, God that calls specific people unto salvation. In the verses that follow, it is further explained that God has mercy on those that he wills to have mercy, and that salvation is, quote, not of him that willeth, nor of him that runneth, but of God that showeth mercy, Romans 9, 16. Then in verse 23, verses 23 and 24, we see that God is not speaking of salvation for the Jews because of the riches of the glory of God are bestowed on the vessels of the mercy of God, uh, on the vessels of the mercy that God had afore prepared unto glory. Then it is made plain that this blessing unto glory is not of the Jews only, but also of the Gentiles. Please note that this glory in verse 24, corresponds with the glorified in Romans 8.30. Many other passages could be supplied to support this truth. Obviously, we will not take the time to comment on each one. However, I will quote some and provide a small list of other verses that teach the same truth that you may study as well. In Galatians 1.15, and verse, first part of verse 16, Paul said, But when it pleased God, who separated me from my mother's womb, and called me by his grace to reveal his Son in me. 2 Timothy 1.9 states, Who hath saved us and called us with an holy calling, not according to our works, but according to his own purpose and grace which was given us in Christ Jesus before the world began. Notice again that this holy calling is not according to our works, but according to the purpose and grace of God which was given us in Christ Jesus before the world began. 1 Peter 2.9 says, But ye are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, and holy nation, a peculiar people, that ye should show forth the praises of him who hath called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Notice that Peter was writing to the elect of God, as designated in chapter 1, verse 2. Also, he clearly states that it is God that calls us out of darkness into his marvelous light. We will have more to say about this, the Lord willing, when we discuss regeneration. 
1 Peter 3.9 declares, Not rendering evil for evil or railing for railing, but contrarywise blessing, knowing that ye are thereunto called, that ye should inherit a blessing. While much could be discussed concerning this verse, it is apparent that the blessing to which the elect, 1 Peter 1, 3, are called is not something earned. It is an inheritance given to us by the Lord. 1 Peter 5, 10. But the God of all grace, who hath called us unto his eternal glory by Jesus Christ, after that ye have suffered a while, make you perfect, establish, strengthen, settle you. Here again, Peter tells the elect to whom he was writing, 1 Peter 1, 3, that they were called unto the eternal glory of God. Obviously, this eternal glory identifies with the glorified in Romans 8.30. Lastly, we draw your attention to Revelation 19.9. And he saith unto me, Right, blessed are they which are called unto the marriage supper of the Lamb. And he saith unto me, These are the true sayings of God. Here we see that those that are called to the marriage supper of the Lamb are the same ones that were predestinated, called, justified, and glorified as recorded in Romans 8.30. A few other verses for further study may be 1 Corinthians 1.9, Galatians 1.6, Ephesians 4.1, 1 Thessalonians 2.12 and 5.24, 2 Thessalonians 2.14, Hebrews 8.11, 1 Peter 2.21, 2 Peter 1.3. Time fails us to discuss the justified and the glorified from Romans 8.30. The Lord willing, we will consider these topics in connection with predestination in the next podcast. Nevertheless, our time is up for today. Farewell. Thank you for listening to today's edition of Baptist Perspective. We archive our episodes so you can go back anytime and listen again. Do you have a question about something you've heard or just want to let us know you're listening? Visit us at baptistperspective.wordpress.com. That's baptistperspective.wordpress.com. Thanks again for listening.